Welcome to Studio B Live. Hey, this is Studio B Live, a production of Long Lane Honeybee Farms, David and Sherry Burns. We are glad to be with you today. You're in tune for a fantastic time to learn more about beekeeping, honeybees, learn about how other people are getting started into beekeeping, and uh, maybe this is your first time to ever think about beekeeping. Maybe you tuned in today to gain some further knowledge to help you be a better beekeeper, or maybe you just want to have some fun listening to uh, me and Sherry talk. (laughs) No matter what you're going to hear today, we are guaranteeing you a good time. And so just join us today and enjoy uh, beekeeping and learning about beekeeping. We have some uh, special, a couple of special guests today and, and uh, who knows what else is to come here on Studio Bee Live. One of the most fantastic beekeeping podcasts out there. Tell your friends to tune in. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on our website, honeybeesonline.com. And so uh, just sit back and enjoy, whether you're exercising, traveling on a plane or a train or in the car, or just sitting at home, we hope that you'll have a good time. So uh, enjoy. Well, sometimes outside in a beehive and sometimes inside in the kitchen table we record studio be live and this time studio be live is on the road uh, we we often have to make supply runs here and there so uh, this time me and sherry are on the road and and um, been on the road for a couple of days we got people back at the uh, long lane honeybee farms working hard to continue to make hives and all the things that go on there so, um, welcome to Studio Be Live on the Road. Hi, I'm Sherry Burns. And I'm David, and we're glad you tuned in today. And uh, we've had an exciting uh, few months getting geared up for the uh, new 2012 honeybee year, and it's been an exciting time, and wow, so many people are getting into beekeeping. It's phenomenal, and we just finished up our package bee pickup weekend, and uh, that went great, and... Um, we're just overwhelmed at how how excited people are to keep bees and, and just the growth and the beekeeping um, interest in beekeeping is just quite phenomenon, Sherry. Yeah, it's always fun to have that package bee weekend because we get to see people again that we have talked to for years now and some of them are adding to their apiaries they're splitting they're buying more packages to to grow even bigger some of them are bringing back sisters and moms who are getting into it and it's fun to see those people again they're they're people who have been in our classes and now they're coming back and getting their equipment so we've seen them several times and then of course there's always the new people that we've never met before and and we stop and we chat and we forge some relationships. And it was funny because we had a fella come in. His name is Travis. And he had a funny story to tell. And we're going to let Travis tell you in his own words 
how he found us. Well, we're here on Package B Pickup Day. Things are pretty busy, and uh, we just had a break in the action, and we're standing here talking around, and Travis Quick is here, uh, and he was saying he's one of our podcast listeners, and I thought, hey, let's get our recorder going and just have some fun. (laughs) But what was funny, Sherry was telling about that he, did he email us or call us? Tell us that story. You guys talk about that. That was good. Well, as far as I remember, Travis was the one that who called me and said I was listening to your podcast, and I got so excited that I just pulled off the road and called you on the phone right now to order bees. And and he said my I was going on in the background. He was still listening to the podcast in the background. So there I was talking to him on the phone, and my voice was on his radio at the same time. So, <laughs> hey hey Travis, is that how it went? That's exactly how it went. I was coming home from work, and I remembered that. Oh, it's time to order the bees because it's, it's getting later in the year. Better do it before they get all sold out. And just driving down the road, it, like uh, Sherry said, I pulled over, and I didn't turn radio off. I just kept it going with that in the background, and she hurt herself in the background. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. Now, you live in Streeter? Yeah, Streeter, Illinois, just north of here. How long have you been be- keeping bees then? Uh, after today, one day. Oh, <laughs> brand new. Wow. How many hives are you going to start with? Uh, starting with two. Oh, good. And watched some online videos and probably looked at our lessons, hopefully. Yes, I look at your lessons. You have just great lessons online. I just love your podcast, love your lessons. And I was inspired by my sister. She's been beekeeping for three years. I've been thinking about it for a long time, and she beat me to it. Yeah. But I figured, why not just do it anyway? I don't have to be the only one in the family. So. That's right. Well, good. Uh, Do you live in town or in the country? I live in a small subdivision just north of Streeter. So. Okay, so okay to keep bees there and all? And uh, they haven't complained yet. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and when do you plan to pick, uh, install your package that you get today? Uh, t- probably tonight, right before it gets too dark, too. I've, I've heard that was a good time. So. Oh. Well, that's good timing. you have any questions you're dying to ask us about this? Actually, your your podcasts and lessons are so thorough. I sh- I have no I have no reason to ask questions wow. if I if I've looked at those. Okay, Travis. Hey, thanks for coming by. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, that is a funny story, and uh, it was it was nice to finally put a face with Travis and. Uh, there at our store, he came to pick up his package bees, and we just uh, decided to record that that uh, recording of him telling about how that happened, listening to a podcast. So uh, we teasingly say there's only seven or eight or twelve people out there listening to the podcast, but of course uh, we're finding out that there's a lot of people that have an interest in these podcasts, and uh, it keeps us wanting to do them. Look at all those windmills out there, Sherry. Wow. It's a wind turbine. It's a wind farm. You know, we had a we had a class not too long ago, a, a few weeks ago, when we met a fella. His name is Michael, and so this is a shout out to Michael. He said he's one of our seven listeners, and uh, Michael's a Michael's he's a neat guy. I don't know if he goes by Mike. I always call him Michael. That's that's my brother's name, so I always always use the more formal name when I'm talking about Michael's. But he is, uh, he served in the military. I believe he was in the Army. And one thing I don't know that people know yet about our classes, David, but when you take a class and you have served in the military, we do give everybody a 10% discount so that they can use in our store at any time to say thank you to those who have served our country. 
Oh, yeah, that's good. We're, that, that means a lot to us. We value our freedom and the sacrifices that the armed services makes to uh, continue to keep our country safe. And, of course, we've got our middle son going into the Marines in a few more months. So, you know, we're, uh, we're excited for him and we are excited. You know, when I, w- I flew to Florida, you know, to get all the packages packaged up last week, Sherry, there was a whole group of military uh, folks going somewhere you know at the airport in indianapolis and when I, as soon as i walked in the door that you could tell there was like a main uh, uh staff sergeant or something that was all dressed up in his army fatigues and he was standing at the door probably to direct all those that were coming in from outside and as soon as i walked in the door i faced him you know and i said thank you for serving our country and you know he responded with a kind uh, thank you for saying that and it's important to let our men and women in service know that we do appreciate that so that's that's neat you know this is uh we're talking about making supply runs and uh i finally convinced sherry that she can make supply runs as well uh, because sometimes i just can't get away from the bee farm well it's kind of difficult because we have this 25 foot box trailer that we pull behind the truck so the whole you know outfit's pretty long and uh, not something you can easily, you know, go through McDonald's with. or It's one of those trailers that, unless you're really, really an experienced semi-driver, that you kind of don't want to park anywhere or go anywhere that you are forced to have to back up in a difficult way. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Sherry Sherry has gained a lot of experience in going forward, but... <laughs> I can go forward really good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going backwards, is that's still in the process of uh, the learning curve. So tell us about the story of you uh, getting off the beaten path and kind of getting jammed up with that thing. Okay, well, I guess there's a couple of different stories that I'll kind of merge into one, <laughs> maybe. But Okay, so David sent me out the door one day to go take a supply run, and we take supply runs in a lot of different different places we pick up lumber in different places we pick up pallets in different places we pick up supplies that come in on boats from i don't know where and uh, so one day he sent me out the door i believe it might have even been the very first time that i had to go out with this big trailer and like he said i you know you can you can drive anything straight (laughs) and david has made me drive a lot of things over the years you know i've you know, he taught me to drive my first stick shift car, and it was in a an old, what was it? It was a 1962 Ford Falcon. That's right. And it was three, three, three uh, it was called three speed on the column. The, the gear shifter was actually on the steering wheel column with a clutch and all. Right. You know, and I'm not that old anyway, so I don't want anybody to hear the fact that I learned how to drive in that kind of a car. <laughs> yeah, that 1962 <laughs> car was an old car when you learned on it. That's right. I'm trying to think. Oh, sure, he must be in her 70s. <laughs> so he taught me to drive one of those, and then he went out and he bought a, a car with a you know stick shift on the floor, and he made me learn how to do that. You know, and I think I've told the story before about how I drive through the town and I'd kill it at every single stop sign. I was so embarrassed, but he's like, "No, you keep going because that's how you learn to do it." He taught me on a dirt, you know, to ride a dirt bike when I was in high school, and and now I'm now I'm up to riding a Harley. Um, at my age and so now this time he has stuck me in a in a truck with a big trailer on the back of it so 
<laughs> so, and like I said, all of those things I can drive straight really good as a, a backing up. But anyway, I, I had to head out one day. And it was a it was a pretty decent trip. And, you know, when you go on those trips, about the only thing you can do is, you know, listen to the radio and listen to the music and talk to yourself and hum along, you know, and sing some songs and things like that. And I was doing one of those things. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was listening to somebody on talk radio or something. And I was vaguely hearing the GPS lady out of my ear. And I was just kind of blindly doing what she says. Well, those of you who who use a lot of GPSs know that sometimes she says something and you just do it and you're not paying any attention to where you are and she doesn't always know what she's talking about or we don't have the updates and you know there's a new road there or something and she told me to turn and I turned and then all of a sudden I realized I could tell where I was and I realized that she wasn't taking me to the factory that I needed to go to that she had in fact uh, turned me before I had gotten down to the factory and so I said to myself okay no big deal you know I'm in this 25 foot trailer you know I'm in the truck you know I'll just I'm out in the country now I'll just take a, a, a country road and I'll just make a couple of miles and I'll backtrack right but so I took the first road that I could find and I turned off on it and it took me a little while, and then all of a sudden it said dead end. I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Because I cannot back this thing up. Well, I don't think, David, anybody could have backed it up because to have backed it up would have meant I would have been backing up onto a highway, and the highway on both sides were up hills, and so they were very, very blind hills. I mean, I, I even you... I think somebody would have had to gone out there and stand in that highway. Yeah, yeah. In a case like that, you do have to have somebody block traffic and, and guide you back through there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it was a, a really, you know, I don't think I was being ridiculous and going, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, now I'm in a dead end. I'm in this huge trailer. I can see that I'm down this country road and there's a lot of houses. And so I sat and I called David on the phone and I'm going, yeah, 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 <laughs> on the phone to him going, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and I'm in this big trailer, and I'm in a dead-end road, and the, the one horror thing that you think is going to happen, your nightmare, it happened. You know, I'm stuck down this road. And so David's David's like, well, I, you know, sure, I just, you know, I don't know what to do, really. You know, I could look on the GPS and see where you are and see if we can't figure something out. And I'm like, well, you know, I see a guy over in standing in his yard, and he's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, maybe that's the answer. I said, but David, he's got an axe in his hand. <laughs> and David starts kind of laughing, you know, he's like, well, Sherry, I don't think he's going to hit you with the axe. You just need to get out. And you need to go over there and ask him for help. And then now tell everybody what it was that you said after, after you got off the phone with me. Oh, I said, you know, we just need to pray that that axe man, who Sherry thinks is the axe murderer, <laughs> is a semi-driver, so he can get in there and back that thing out of there. <laughs> so I, so I, you know, leave the, I leave the truck and the trailer basically sitting in the middle of the road, because it's a country road, and it's not like you can pull off, you know, because they've got the, you know, ditches on the side, and it's just a gravel road, and so I'm basically leaving this thing sitting here. I, I get out, and I, I, I walk over to this guy, and he's really quite a ways off, you know, but he's standing there with the axe in his hand, and, and so I'm like, can you help me? <laughs> and the guy goes, yo, what do you want? And so he, he walks up, and he's still got the axe in his hand, you know, I'm thinking, 
okay, you could put the axe down and walk over to me, but he's, <laughs> he's still got the axe in his hand. He walks over and he's like, you know, you know, what's the matter? And, you know, and I tell him the whole story, how I wouldn't pay any attention, you know, and she had me, you know, turned down this road and I turned down. I said, it's a dead end road. I said, and I, I hated to admit it to this man. I said, but I, I can't back that trailer up. And so he looks at me for a long time, you know, and he's got this axe in his hand, you know, he's just kind of patting this axe, you know, with his hand, you know, and he's, he's thinking, he says, well, you came to the right place because I'm a semi-truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it was really, it turned out really, really nice too, because what had happened was at some point his road actually went on through down to this factory. And that's why the GPS took me down that way. But they had shut the end of his lane off because somebody had had put up a big, I, I don't, I, you know, I can't remember the story. I think they were building a bridge or something, weren't they, or remodeling the road? Yeah, they were doing something. So they actually shut off this road and put that dead inside. And he and another fella down the road were both semi-truck drivers. And they had said, you know, to the county or the state or whatever, they said, you guys can't do that because we've got these semi-trucks. We can't get them in. We can't get them out. So they had actually gone down to the end of this lane and put a great big semi-truck turnaround, concrete turnaround. And so he would have, he said he would have been more than glad to back it up for me if he wanted me to. But he said, all you got to do is go down about a quarter of a mile. There's a great big concrete semi-truck turnaround made just for you. So it worked out just perfect. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> That's funny, Sherry. Let me make sure this is still recording and we got that. Uh, let's see. It looks like it is. Uh, we're having to record on a different device. Uh, than, oh, I'm actually recording on my iPhone. So, um, And then, while we were making another uh, um, supply run, um, I'm really bad about not watching my gas gauge. And in our truck, it has a... A little thing that goes dong you know when you're getting kind of low and it says low fuel on the dashboard well I was well, I wasn't going too far I just had to go to a loading dock that's in, in the town next to us to pick up a bunch of supplies and that were brought in on semi trucks so I had my red trailer and Sherry and I and Christian were nice day just gonna ride over there load them up so you know it, it went dong on the way over there and i thought okay i'll get gas on the way home because we were in a hurry to get them back and ship them out and stuff and i probably didn't go maybe 15 miles i picked them up i was heading back into uh, catlin which is a town near us and i was about oh two miles outside of catlin and the truck started vibrating and i thought oh we must have a flat tire well i can see all my tires from my mirrors and of course i got on the truck it tells you if you have a flat tire a light comes on and you know everything was okay and i was like well why is my truck vibrating and well anyway i kind of ignored it and i was i was uh and then i started you know give it a little gas and because i was slowing down and then i realized all my dash lights are on <laughs> I, my car is dead and i was like immediately i knew oh i ran out of gas and about two miles out we had a real big heavy load on that 25 foot trailer and you know the momentum was really working for me and i said sherry we're out of gas we're coming up to catlin i don't know if i can make it to the gas station and i said but i think i can you know and so we kind of coasted for like a mile and a half at a pretty good <laughs> clip i didn't want to put the brakes on 
until we kind of, you know, I kind of, so I'm, I'm kind of making this crash landing into the gas station. And so here we go, the gas stations. I said, you know, I think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to make it. Of course, you know, I, I knew I couldn't really make a good approach with the trailer because I knew I couldn't swing out and then, you know, gas into line up. So I thought, well, at least I can get my truck up to the pump, you know, and the trailer will be kind of stuck out funny. So I'm making my approach, you know, no engine coming in on a, a landing with no engine. And, and I thought, oh, good, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And then a cop kind of pulls right into our spot where I was going to make a crash landing. I'm like, oh, no. But then he pulled forward. And we're like, yay. And we crash landed it just on, you know, not even on fumes. I mean, we, we drove about. Oh, there was, there yeah. was nothing. In, in the, and you virtually had the trailer wrapped around the gas pump yeah you know i mean it was just jackknifed the way you had to just kind of crash land in there so you could get the truck next to the gas pump and the trailer didn't exactly follow us <laughs> yeah it wasn't really like a jackknife like it like i slammed the brakes on but it just the way i had to approach the pump i couldn't line it up real nice so uh anyway we made it and that was like woohoo and we were like wow that was a close one and um, so we, we have some fun trips out here on the road getting supplies for all of you that order beekeeping supplies. Um, of course, we build all of our own hives and woodenware, but, uh, you know, all the other items like metals and suits and all, we just, uh, of course, we don't make those. So we have to go out and get those. Some of you may think, why don't you just have that shipped to you? Well, a lot of it we do, actually. But there, you know, we do the math, and we're a small business, so we crunch numbers. And uh, even counting our time, it's still a big savings when we can get uh, in the vehicle and just drive and pick things up rather than have everything freighted on pallets to us. Although we do, like I said, we do a lot of stuff that semis are, you know, coming into our property regularly. But there's just some things that we can save hundreds of dollars over the course of a day or two just by going and picking things up so it's not uncommon for us to be on the road but um, those are fun stories um you know that's similar to the time that i ran out of gas on the on the, my motorcycle should i tell that story or not no i i think i think they're i think they've got the idea okay. that both you and i are knuckleheads when it comes to cars and trailers and and things like that. So we don't need to. I don't think we need okay. to bore people anymore. Well, that that turned out good too. But we'll we'll let that go then. Anyway, so um, I haven't ran out of gas in a long time, probably since I was in my early 20s. So I, we don't do that that often anyway. But we're watching the gas gauge today. Got a quarter tank. Well, hi, I'm, I'm here with David, who stopped by to uh, get some equipment here at Long Lane Honeybee Farms. And uh, Dave, you have a very interesting story about how um, you were involved with bees uh, when, uh, years ago, yeah. and uh, now you're getting back into it. I'd like to hear that story. Again, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, a, as a kid, I grew up uh, always having bees around my Actually, my one of my my brothers had started it, 
in 4-H, and then my father took it over. So, and I was a younger kid at the time, so I grew up around bees. And and, and then when he passed away in in 81, uh, my uncle and I kept it going for a little while, but life took over and the the bee mites kind of took over and it kind of went by the wayside and here 25 years later i'm i'm 60 years old and and kind of wanting to do something in retirement coming up and so i'm i'm going to get back into beekeeping and, and i've got some neighborhood fathers that want to uh, be a little bit involved and maybe get their their sons and daughters involved and then we're going to try and make it a uh, a, a neighborhood project and mm-hmm. see we'll see where it goes and if it doesn't go it doesn't go if it does it does so yeah. so well, that sounds neat and your dad actually kept bees and uh, supplied some of the he, honey didn't he? yeah in uh, the 70s and, and back in the late 60s he actually uh uh, supplied the health food stores uh, with honey that w- was, you know, wasn't heated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because uh, that was hard to find at that point yeah. in time. Uh, at, back then, the health food, the health food thing was not the big craze. So, yeah. uh, it was kind of a, a subculture, I guess yeah. you would kind of call it at that point in time. And, and now it's really taken over. Oh yeah, it? It, it, yeah. <laughs> I I remember when I was was. Uh, going through my father's stuff and he had like the second or third uh, issue of Prevention Magazine, Mm -hmm. which back in those days was a subculture uh, magazine and he actually even paid to have Prevention Magazine uh, at the library uh, because the library would not fund it at the time. So, so, but... Well, that's neat. And so, did you also work bees, you said, when you were like in Scouts? Yeah, as a, well, I am an Eagle Scout, oh, nice. uh, and uh, one of the merit badges that, that they do in there is, is beekeeping, and I did that, with, obviously, with my father at the time, mm-hmm. so uh, that was another area that, yeah, I've always been around bees, so yeah. as a kid, now now I'm wanting to get back. So and, and once you have bees in your blood, it's just it's there. You got You got to stay with it. It seems right. like. I, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. It's 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 a fun thing. Yeah. So. All right, Dave. Well, thanks for talking to us. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I want to. Uh, here we are doing another podcast, Sherry. And one of the things I'm excited about, we, you and I have talked a lot about. And I almost want to dedicate this podcast to these two words about beekeeping. Chill out. Yeah, you know, I, I, we want our, as far as a business and as far, too, as a, a family business and, and just a general attitude is we want to really put out that feeling out there now and that, and that ideal to people that, beekeeping is is fun it's calm and it's peaceful and it's relaxing and it's something that you do to have fun now I know David that there's a lot of you know big commercial people out there and and things things are tough on them and they're trying to haul around thousands and thousands of bees and they've got to have them in certain places at certain times but that's not our customers you know those you know those customers are catered to by um, other kinds of businesses but we cater to the hobbyist and we have both urban and rural and you know homesteaders and and 
top of skyscraper kind of customers and we really want people to get back to the ideal that this is you know this is this is farming that can be done anywhere but it's farming that has to be done with the flow and the ebb of nature and we need to do what's best for the bees and the customer needs to do what's best for the bees not what's best necessarily for me and David or not necessarily what's best for the customers and uh, you know we want to we want to start promoting that as just a really fun relaxing hobby not something to be stressed over short-tempered about you know angry about if you are it's just not the right thing for you to be doing probably yeah I, I totally agree and I speak on that a lot when I go out and speak to people uh, in conferences I spoke in uh, at the Missouri State Convention you know a few weeks back a month ago maybe and they asked me to have a light-hearted talk at their banquet kind of like be the comedian of the night you know and man I was kind of stressed over that I mean I'm I don't, I don't view myself as a funny person, but anyway, it turned out, I wish I would have recorded that, because you know how, I was just doing it serendipity, what's that word, serendipity, serendipity on the fly, and it turned out to be a, you know, a very humorous talk, and I didn't record it or anything, but anyway, I was, part of that talk was, hey, chill out, it's just a bug, okay, it's just a bug, you know, it's just a smoker, it's just a hive tool, and um, Sherry and I were talking. One of the ladies that works for us is a good friend and a member of our church. And years ago, well, not too long ago, maybe 10 or I don't know how long it's been, uh, her daughter, teenage daughter, was in a uh, horrific car accident and uh, unfortunately was paralyzed uh, from the neck down because of that accident. And so, you know, Sherry was telling her one day that sometimes you know occasionally beekeepers kind of get all tense about you know what's going on with their hives and they get all freaked out about where their order is and will they get it in time and such and and so you know sherry was saying sometimes i just need to tell she was talking to peg and she said sometimes i just need to tell people look this this is not a big deal in, in the scope of things and peg who has the uh, paralyzed daughter said yeah i know that all too well and when you think about that, that really does put it in perspective. Yeah, she, yeah, she helped us out um, at the package bee pickup weekend, and I was trying to tell all the staff, you know, to, to tell folks to chill, to not stress over the weather, to be calm. And, you know, sometimes I've got, especially women, I'll have women who are just crying over something that's happened with their bees or whatever. And I understand some people get very, very emotionally attached and there's other situations in their life that is making them even more emotional probably but one of our mottos is to tell customers do not let this ruin your day I'm not letting it ruin my day and you don't need to let it ruin your day and, and Peggy said right away she said yeah I could I could I could tell these customers what a big deal is and this is not a big deal oh yeah that's right so that's encouraging beekeeping is fun and and it can be stressful but look it's not a big deal Sherry and I are committed, are really committed to have fun running a bee Yay, business. <laughs> Woohoo! I, I don't care how bad the mites are or CCD or, you know, uh, my best honey producing hive swarmed and now I'm not going to get the honey that I want. 
it's okay. Life is good. We're doing this for fun and enjoyment, to learn more, to meet people, to encourage, to be encouraged. So that's just the way we're looking at it. And that's the way we want you to look at it, too. So, uh, and, and I'd say, Sherry, for the most part, 95% of our customers view it that way. And But there's always a few people that... Uh, Maybe because they're having other life problems, it spills over into other areas of their life too, you know. So that can be hard, but um, but uh, that, that's what that's how we want to do. We just want people to have a real good time keeping bees. And so uh, um, I want to go. I want to send out a special thank you to all of you that send in donations. That may sound weird. That you know we run a business, we make profit off of the things that we sell. We make a little profit anyway, Sherry. <laughs> Well, some, again, some things we don't make any profit at all on, but, yeah, you know, know we, we've we've made a, you know, a, a nice living so far, and we do appreciate that, but it is a small family business, and, you know, we're not a huge place, and so we're not making the huge dollars, you know, like some of the huge places are. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and so, you know, um, and the reason we sell things that we don't make a profit on is because we're a turnkey operation, and that, and that means that... We want to supply you everything you need to keep bees. And, you know, we make our own woodenware. And so the things that we make, we can make more profit on. The things that we don't, we can't. But uh, um, anyway, that's that's our my story is this, that we have some people, not a lot, but we have some people that take advantage of, uh, of our blog link that they can make a donation. And recently, someone made a $40 donation. Yay. Yay. Her- Thank you. Her name was Renee, and so thank you, Renee. That was great, and I wrote her back and I said, "Hey, Renee, you know, thanks for your donation because currently I'm doing some studies on, you know, why bees do really well in an old whiskey barrel, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm also doing study on propolis, and I'm doing some, I'm doing some studies on." Um, well, there's a lot of things. I don't want to go into all of them here. But anyway, it does help us because one of the things I'm doing is I'm going to watch how a, 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 a colony builds comb in an upside-down fish, a large upside-down fish aquarium to give me a better idea of how bees do build comb in the natural. So, you know, we have to, we have to buy things that cost money uh, to do little experiments. And we use, we use donations like that to, to help us do that. So that's good. Well, Sherry... We're here at the gas station, and as I talk, I forget which side the gas pump is on. It's on my side? Okay. And so now we're just going to stop here, take a break, and uh, hope you've enjoyed this session of Studio B Live, and do tell your friends about it, and have them tune in. We've got a new website coming up that's going to make Studio B Live easier to listen to. And so for from us, somewhere here in central Illinois, we're going to say thanks for tuning in today. Thank you. We're going to be seeing some folks in advanced beekeeping classes in Chicago this week, weekend. David's going to be teaching there, and I'll be teaching beginner bee courses at the Heartland College in Bloomington. So we'll be seeing maybe some of you there, but keep track of us. We keep track of some of you guys, and it's always nice to hear from you. All right. See you later.